They say there's only two emotions, whoever they are, love and fear. So in any given moment, you can boil down the emotions in your body to one of those. And I think kindness is choosing love over fear in any moment that you're in. Hi, I'm Robert Peter Paul, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, happy almost New Year, kids. My name's Steve, and this is the place where we shine the light and or find the light in the darkness to prove there's still good out there and lots of it. Welcome to World Gone Good's final episode of 2023. Did your heart just skip a beat? Were you like, no, this can't be the last episode? Well, it is of 2023. I'm going to keep doing that joke all day long. Have you made any resolutions for the new year? Plans to start fresh or restart in some way? One big resolution we all can share is we should all be reading more books, literature, novels. Do I have a suggestion for one to start the new year right with? Oh, I sure do. It's called Drown Town. It's a cozy mystery featuring a dead dog as the narrator. And yeah, okay, I wrote it. So there, I'm plugging it. Drown Town has a 4.9 out of 5 overall rating on Amazon. And the Kindle version is just $4.99. Pretty good deal, huh? Grab your copy on Amazon or Barnes & Noble websites and support this here first-time author. I would love to hear what you think of it. So here we are at the end of another spin around the old sun. How was your year? Do you feel better about your life than you did one year ago? Do you feel the same? Do you feel worse? I had a pretty good year myself. Thanks for asking. I didn't make any resolutions at the beginning of it. Instead, I made goals. Three goals, which some people would say, well, that's a resolution. No, mine's more of a goal, which I uh, will be talking about just a little bit coming up here. And I'm proud to say I completed all three of my goals. One goal that was not on the list was simply to keep highlighting the good that's been out there through this show. Before I go any further, I want to thank you for listening. You are a big reason why I do this. And I appreciate you more than you know. And I truly, truly mean that. We've had so many good guests this year and so many good topics to discuss from the war in Ukraine, which doesn't sound like a good topic, right? But we found some good there to shopping blind, literally to roller derby, to mermaids and mermen. No good stone was left unturned. And one of the brightest moments of the year for us, well, skiing gone good, which was the most and fastest listened to episode we've ever had. It jumped into the top 10 of all time on its first day up. And two weeks later, took over the number one spot of most downloaded and listened to episodes of all time. So no pressure to today's guest. Am I right? No pressure at all. Our final good guest of the year is the host of his own podcast called The Art of Kindness. It is a positively star-studded podcast that converses with and celebrates artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their platform to make the world a better place. And we're all in on that one, aren't we? This is Rob Peter Paul, here to share his good and his kind ways. 
Rob Peter Paul is with us. He has so many things to his credit, to his history, to his lifetime. But we have to start with the most important thing right off the bat. You put up something today recently comparing Jennifer Aniston to Jennifer Coolidge. Ah. And I'm going to let you I'm going to let you explain. Go. Ah, ah, oh, yeah. Okay. You know, I do feel the Jennifers of the world are super connected. And so, you know, I was just in the shower and it popped into my head. I've been watching a lot of the morning show. Do you watch the morning show? Uh, A little bit. Okay. It's a good time. Jennifer Aniston dazzles on it. You see a whole other side of her. America's sweetheart. And I just, I made the connection that her and our Lord Jennifer Coolidge are not that far apart. Because Jennifer Coolidge, I feel like anybody can do a Jennifer Coolidge impersonation. So if you're listening at home, try this with me. She's very much like a ah, like a ah. And I, I think Jennifer Aniston is just a an ah way. So she's she's sort of like a ah, ah. It's like a ah and an ah. I don't know how to explain it, but I put up that stupid video and I didn't think anybody would flag that, but you did. And now we're here. <laughs> Jingle all the way. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know if it was a full flag. It was just something that made me laugh pretty hard. Now you, it. your last name is an interesting last name because I have to believe a lot of people think it's a middle name and a last name. Mm, yes, they do. You know, I have a middle name as well. I also have a confirmation name. So I got a lot of names, but Peter Paul is Italian. It was Pietro Paolo. And then when my family came over here, it got Americanized. You know, it got the McDonald's treatment, like so many people. So it became Peter Paul. And what's kind of funny, if you have time for a quick tangent, is that my brother growing up, when he was pretty young, he was in camp and he fell in love with his camp counselor. And now this was, it was not meant to be because when he came home and told my parents the name, it turns out her last name was Pietro Paolo and she was a distant relative, but he didn't really, you know, realize it because it was Peter Paul, Pietro Paolo. So, yeah. That's, that was that's the reason name, it didn't work out, not the reason that she was like eight years older than him. That it was the reason for the season. <laughs> that's what we went with. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's what that's what he tells everybody. Now, you have a, a love of theater. You've been doing theater pretty much your whole life. Yeah. Um, wh- when did the love of music and musicals hit you? Well, okay, first of all, before we get to too far deep. I want to say I've been listening to your show and I love it and I love what you're doing. And speaking of names, your SS, you got that alliteration going on. So we had to we had to flag that as well. But, you know, just going into the musical theater talk, I think there's such a a beautiful production value to your show. So it's related oh, to the, thank to you. the question. Thank you. I wanted to just say that before we got too far in. But yes, I do. I have a, a love of theater. It developed from a young age. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, it's always just been kind of my safe place. And my nanny, shout out, hi, if you're listening. I know she will. She's the best. She really fostered that early on. So she would take me to Broadway shows growing up. And from the second the overture would start, my jaw would drop. And I just felt like I was carried away. And yeah, I started acting from a young age. And it was, I guess it was great for my parents because it put all my wild energy into something, you know, and it kind of got me out of the living room and making fake tickets and sitting them down to watch me do <laughs> a magic show that had no preparation, no tricks were involved. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was no magic except for the fact that I can make everybody disappear really fast because, uh, you know, it wasn't a magic magic show, probably wasn't very good. But um, yeah, it, it, it developed from there. And I think what's interesting, and maybe I don't know if you can relate to this on a podcasting level, but it's been 
kind of interesting for me looking back to try and get back to the childlike fun of things because as it becomes a business and a career, you sort of can get lost in the sauce and you take all these classes and you get all these opinions thrown your way. And at the end of the day, I think it's all about going back to that childlike glee and the time on the playground, you know, having a a good time just playing make-believe. So that was a roundabout way of answering your question, but I, I'm trying to get back there. No, that was like, a great oh, way. Thank you. That was a great way. I'll take the validation. I, <laughs> no, and I get it because I, um, in the early 2000s, my favorite show was American Idol, like a lot of ah, a lot of people. Right, exactly. And I wound up getting a job at Fox, and I worked wound up working at American Idol. And then no way. my favorite show was no longer American Idol because <laughs> for a very different reason. So yeah. I get it. So speaking of that, you favorite first, let's start here. First musical you ever saw was? Oh, first musical I ever saw was with my nanny. It was, I think, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, you're such a kid. Was that my first one? Well, yeah, then it was wild because then I went on to do it a bunch of times. I know. Um, so it has, a, yeah, it means a lot to me. I think that was the first one. Holy cow. The first one I ever saw. Well, I saw the Nutcracker quite a few times. I'm such a kid. You, you yes, are. You, I, you, because my first, you ready? Are you sitting down? You are. I'm sitting. Yes. Uh, Peter Pan was Sandy Duncan. And you know what? I, I was sure Peter Pan was my my first Sandy Dunn. Okay, I was a Kathy Rigby dude. Okay, right. But I, right. I, that, that that was one of my first two. And oh, okay. I have to ask you because once I saw that, I went into my backyard on our playground. That was probably you know one wind away from falling down. Honestly, it was not. It was not put together quite well. But I would lay down on the swing and I would like belly belly down and I would float in the air and play the Peter Pan soundtrack and pretend I was flying. So did it give you that? that need to fly as well or is it just me well i already had it because i watched the six million dollar man and the bionic woman and there was i was always almost jumping out of the second story window um (laughs) yeah but that that is it's such a cool when you're a kid we were in the balcony second or third row of the balcony and when she flew out over the audience she flew right up to the balcony and then Mm -hmm. like we're she was right there and that you know, this is before we could take, you know, not that we're taking pictures during a show, everybody, right? We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Our, our phones are off, even though I just was at a show on Broadway and a guy took a call two seats down from me and I almost, Ugh. there was almost fisticuffs. But, um, oh, you know, the etiquette has gotten wild. wild. Heard some we were at a show Sunday, How to Dance in Ohio, shout out, beautiful show. And there were people fully had their phone, phones up and were recording numbers. Stop the madness. Stop the madness. Yeah. yeah. I will watch them later on YouTube, but I'm just saying, don't do that. Right? No. <laughs> don't, 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 don't give them um, re, like backing and reassurance. I know, and... I know it's bad. <laughs> the second show I remember seeing is I saw Andrea McCardle and a very young Sarah Jessica Parker in Annie. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Wow, that's legendary. That jump started her career. Yeah, crazy. Now you are a performer. You have quite a resume. Uh, Jersey Boys is something you've been touring in. I so I just did Jersey Boys um, in at, at a wonderful regional theater here in Connecticut, and we were with some of the people on the tour. So there's a there was a uh, a little bit of the tour action up in there, but it's sort of like once you're in that family, you're always in there. And I've kind of danced around doing it my whole career because I'm from New Jersey. I sort of thought that you know I wasn't. Uh, I was too close to it. I'm like, I am a Jersey boy. I'm not going to play one on stage. And then I did it and I had the best time. 
Where in Jersey? It, that is a train, that show. Once it starts moving, woo. I am from Chatham, New Jersey. Yeah, and I'm from Randolph, New Jersey. Oh, no way. Yeah, up in Morris County. Randolph the Red Nose County. That's amazing. <laughs> right. Rudolph right. the Red Nose. Hey, that was a bad joke. Sorry. Yeah, don't worry, we'll edit it. We'll gone. edit it. We'll edit it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm going to see if you thought it was dumb or not. If it's in here, then I'll know. <laughs> right. it's, it's never good to I'll know the truth. another podcast. You'll know the truth. Hey, so um, did you know their music before you – uh, join the musical yes yes i so i had seen it on broadway you know i come from a big italian family in new jersey so they have their own connections to frankie valley and all this stuff so my this was probably the show my family was most excited to see so much so that they were going to cart you know my grandma who's in her 90s and not in the best health down you know hours and hours away to see it and that didn't quite work out but i did have a lot of family come and it was a uh, yeah, such a great time. Again, this the story is fascinating. And that's one of those shows that once you're locked in, I mean, the scenes are so quick. There's like over 30 scenes, I think even in the first act alone, so much music. It was definitely a challenge, but I don't know. I, I had the the best time being a part of it. And mostly because there were such great people. You know, I think that's that's the telltale sign of a good show when you're just working with people that immediately feel like family and are willing to be super weird backstage uh <laughs> there was a broadway legend in in this production who i don't think he'll, he'll care if i name him john tracy egan who has been in a ton of broadway shows uh he was the tenor in the original jekyll and hyde you know little mermaid on broadway all this stuff and you would never know it because he's just the coolest most down-to-earth person and him and i i'm surprised we didn't get fired man it was it was uh quite the show backstage we were popping out of doors scaring each other pranking each other and i think when you can just goof off with people back there and like take the work seriously, but not yourself seriously. That's, that's what makes a good time. And so I think that's what stands out for me from doing it. Maybe not the answer you'd have thought. Okay. Let's talk about your resume for a second. I always love this because I work with a lot of actors. You have special skills, my friend, your special skills include podcaster, comma, tour guide, comma, dialects, comma, one thing you have in your special skills is called passport, and I need to know more. Oh my gosh, where did you find this resume? <laughs> this might have been a, I don't know if I, on my website I, I have uploaded my most recent resume, which is funny. The word passport, what is this? W- w- go. The skill is that I can pass through ports, so I can walk through a door. I can, Shut up! Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it was... It's so funny because I've I've, um, written articles for like backstage and different actor websites and just studying the trends is uh, it's wild. You know, headshots used to be black and white, very character driven. Now they're color. There's like a certain filter people use. So all this to say, it was a trend at one point on your resume to write that you had a driver's license and a passport because that was sort of a factor in booking roles, which is kind of crazy because now I, I feel like they would just if they wanted to hire you, they would pay for you to. I don't know, and go through all those hoops. But that's why that's on there, in all seriousness. Well, it's good. I was proud of you that you didn't have juggling, because back in the day, I had so many people who had juggling. I did a show called 15 Minutes of Femme. I've spoken about it on here. It was 32 women performing for a night. This was before American Idol, before of any of the voting shows. And okay. what we did is we did Friday, Saturday nights, four women, 15 minutes each, 15 Minutes of Femme, and one hour show. At the end of the night, you picked your favorite, and she went on to a best of night. We got eight winners, and then they got seen by casting. And we had a lot of really 
like a lot of like name people who have come who went on uh kirsten vangsis was our very first winner and she went on to criminal minds which she was on for like 15 years i think she's still on it in the reboot but anyway people would put down on their special skills juggling Mm -hmm. and we would have bean bags and balls (laughs) and we would bring it up their special skills and i would throw balls and beanbags at women and they would start juggling and a few of them would not st- they would dodge them <laughs> and then i'd be like okay, well that was a like, special can skill. you juggle now speaking of things that are good and kind in the world you are the host of the art of kindness podcast you have just celebrated your hundredth anniversary episode not hundredth year hundredth episode I know. It's funny. I, I started recording the intro for it and I was like, happy birthday to us. And then I'm like, oh, no, wait, we're not. We're not older. We're two years old, but it's our. Yeah, it was our hundredth episode. So it's an anniversary of sorts. Yeah, we could say that. And you did it in a big way. And I was so I was so listening to you. You had on a legend and I'm going to let you tell everybody who it is, but you had on a legend and I was listening to the. What's the word I want to use? Timber? No. The <laughs> the the holding back you were doing. I could hear it in your voice cuz I think I know I understand because I got I bumped into Lindsay Wagner. I've told this story on here before. And she was like she and Lee Majors were like my childhood idols. They were the 6 million dollar men the bionic woman. This was a really big deal when I was a kid. And I actually met her as an adult and she could not have been lovelier to me. And I wasn't, it wasn't a setup meeting. We just happened to be in a restaurant and be the only people in the restaurant. And she happened to walk in to place an order. And I was not like my husband said, you were not yourself. You were like this very contained. Hello. How do you do? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who your hundredth episode guest is and how you felt when you found out who it was and you were going to get to talk to this person. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I still can't believe it happened. We were so fortunate to secure some time with the one and only Carol Burnett, which was wild. Ah, sound cue. Woo, woo. Yeah. And I um, I, I honestly think it was not a dream guest that was on my radar because I just maybe didn't even think it was possible. You know, I say this all the time on my podcast, but our number one has been Dolly Parton. So I did shoot for the stars. I sent a lot of pitches out for our 100th. And, you know, it was it was really hard with the strike going on and, and a lot of other factors to try and get a guest. Um, I mean, we were, we were getting pitches, which was really nice. But I was like, I just want to have someone who really embodies kindness across the board. And Carol Burnett, wow. I mean, she's somebody who in the interview denied it but is universally beloved. And when I say that, obviously no one can be universally beloved, which she said. But I think across the board, she's one of those people that when you say her name, people just get a twinkle in their eye and giggle and are so delighted. And I certainly felt that way when I got to speak with her. And, uh, you know, hopefully it was, I was definitely holding back being maybe as unhinged as I usually am, which I think, you know, listening to your show, and I mean this as a compliment, I think we share, you know, that just kind of the right. the fun, unhinged vibe. Um, and yeah, so I was definitely holding back on that. But I think I, I, I put on more so my like authentic listening vibe, because I just knew she was just going to tell stories. And I didn't need to, I didn't need to talk that much. Nobody was tuning in for that. Yeah, it was so, great. 
It's it's a great, great episode. All your episodes are great. It's an especially great episode. But here's a challenge, and you just mentioned it. So the strike was happening, so she couldn't talk about a lot of things that you probably any of us would want to gush and talk about, right? She had to be careful herself. Yeah. Um, was that a challenge for you when you found out you had her and you had to develop a show around it and come up with questions that aren't about television, film, and all the things you wanted to talk about? Yeah, you know, I think actually in a way it helped. It gave me some guidelines. It was sort of the bumpers in my bowling, which I still need, by the way, put them up, because I, I, I had so many questions I wanted to ask her that I think immediately Xing off her career sort of allowed me to dive into the more personal side. And again, I know there's so many stories that she just sort of has in her wheelhouse. Um, I got every book she wrote. I kind of dove in and read as much as I could before we talked. And so I was interested to really dive into that. And then we ended up only having a half hour instead of an hour. So kind of in real time, and you might've had to do this before as an interviewer, I was sort of Xing questions out as we went and trying to keep it within the new time frame. Sure. So there were some things I didn't even get to ask her about. Uh, but with the strike going on, she it was a little tricky because her show hasn't been out for a while. And I know she wanted to be respectful of it, but she still did talk about her show. She talked about a new show she had coming. And then literally days before the episode was supposed to come out, the strike ended. We came to a deal. And so I quickly re-edited the episode and kept all that in there. And people got even more little fun nuggets, like a story about her went with the wind skit and a new show she has coming out. So it, it worked out in the end. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very grateful for that. But it was certainly something that was a struggle, the strike and, and even just getting a guest. Um, we almost had Fran Drescher, which would have been really oh, fun. Wow. But I'm kind of glad we didn't in a way because the episode would have been all about the strike and then the strike would have been over. And it's just such wild times, you know? I'm sitting on interviews that I did a while back that I can't release because of the strike. Uh, well, now I guess I can, but I'm so backlogged. You ever get backlogged? You just have so many episodes. Yeah, I find that if you eat a little mucilix or some sort oh, of fiber, okay. your backlog will just flush right out. Well, flaxseed away. There, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody so that they know, and you know, I'm just like you. I, 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 laugh, to, I laugh at your shows because you're always like, I won't waste your time you know, giving a big intro. I'll do that later. You know what I mean? So you can get right to your guests. I'm going to do the same with you. But tell everybody in a nutshell, what is the Art of Kindness about and why did you start it? Sure. So the Art of Kindness is a podcast that spotlights people in the entertainment industry who use their platform to give back and make the world a better place. We try and end every episode with a tangible kindness tip. So we try to give listeners actual things they can do in addition to really fun behind the scenes stories with with our diverse range of guests from, you know, superstars like Megan Trainer to icons now like Carol Burnett, which is wild to say, to people maybe working in a different facet of the industry, like costume designers and just a lot of really wonderful folks who are putting good out there. And that was the reason I started it. You know, I, I wanted to combat some of the negative news. It was during the pandemic when this idea hit me like my best shot. It didn't quite work. Um, anyway, I hope you know what I was trying to do. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Thank you. Gotcha. Thank you. And I was working as an editor for a celebrity news magazine. And I was just so dismayed at the onslaught of negative news, you know, not even just on a world level, but on a celebrity level. I mean, it was also really negative. People were being canceled left and right, which, you know, that's a whole different conversation. Sometimes maybe we should never hear from people again, but other times it's complex. And I just was like, this is such a, a crazy time. And so sitting in my apartment, 
I thought, how could I put something positive out there? And if you work in news on websites, they're actually able to track through A-B testing what headline people are clicking. And so obviously the clapbacks, the negative stuff, the drama, the real housewives of it all, those were getting a lot of clicks because you know we're attracted to that. And that's fine. There's something to that on, on a human level. But the positive stuff, you know, the baby photos, the wedding albums, you know, the go and so go inside so and so's celebrity home, the positive kind of candy like stuff was also getting a lot of clicks. So I knew there was an audience for it. And all this was cooking around in my brain. You know, um, kindness has always been something that's really touched me. You know, growing up, my brother had a battle with cancer and ended up passing away. But it was really the acts of kindness from the community that just allowed my family to heal and move forward. And so kindness has always kind of been my religion. So all this stuff bubbling in my brain. And then one night during the pandemic, it just kind of came out of the oven. And I was like, ah, the art of kindness. And the next day I Googled, how do you start a podcast? And my wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) But I kind of learned as I went. And yeah, it's been such a rewarding experience because I've learned so much about life and kindness and talking with these amazing people. It's such an interesting thing too, because I feel like so many people, including myself in my own life, have these great ideas, but we talk ourselves out of them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's, there's talking and there's walking and it's just taking those steps to start. And so for you, was there a hesitation as any of this was happening or was it just like floodgates open, we're doing this? You know, it's interesting you say talking and walking, because I'm someone who really believes that we should not only, you know, talk the talk, but we got to walk the walk. And I think in order to walk the walk, it has to be, you have to have on sneakers you like, you have to be comfortable. And so this was an idea that I really felt passionate about. And when I get in that mindset, I just sort of hit the ground running to continue this walking metaphor. Now we're running. And I, I... I didn't have any hesitation, really. You know, I felt like many people sort of stuck during the pandemic. And I wasn't totally happy with the way this celebrity news site was contributing to it all. Although I can't blame them. It was just the time. And so I kind of followed this. And I think when you follow something that's positive and uplifting and you're curious, you know, I'm always very curious about people. Yeah, there's just no hesitation. Now, I guess the only hesitation that came, and maybe you can relate to this, unless you're you're drinking and have a good time when you edit your episodes, listening to the sound of my own voice and editing the show was definitely a journey. That was something I had to overcome because I don't love, like many people, and well, there are, are some people that do, I don't love listening to the sound of my own voice. Uh, so why start a podcast? I, I think know. it's because we hear it on the inside. I've said this before, yeah. like we hear our voice on the inside and then you hear it on the outside and you're like, I sound like that? You're like, what's going on? So that was a a journey, but I've gotten better at it. And I think I've gotten better at not obsessing over the ums and the stammering and all that kind of stuff. And also just better at talking to people. So it's been such a wonderful learning journey. And I could have never guessed, you know, where it would have taken me. Uh, And I think the best part for me is just when I hear from listeners saying, you know, this brightened my day or I was going through this and I listened to your episode and it helped me. And it's just so cool. You begin every show with a question. I believe you begin it. And the question is, what is your definition of kindness? I do? Oh, my gosh. I black out. Okay. No, I'm just <laughs> what? I'm not blacked out every show. I know. You, no. ask, you ask the question and then you just hear a thud as you fall off the chair. <laughs> They're like, should I exit the Zoom? I'm sure you've gotten this before, but what is your definition of kindness? 
You know, it's changed over the years as I've done this podcast. I used to say kindness to me was using your time on this earth to make someone else's or your own time a little better and brighter. But what I've come to sort of realize, and I'm sure it'll change again, is kindness is love. And so they say there's only two emotions, whoever they are, love and fear. So in any given moment, you can boil down the emotions in your body to one of those. And I think kindness is choosing love over fear in any moment that you're in. I think that's an amazing answer. Speaking of the future, because the future is coming at us very quickly. A brand new year is almost here. Are you somebody who has made resolutions for 2023? Did you complete them? This is so funny. I was just thinking about resolutions today and I thought I should just Google the word resolution because what even is that, you know? Uh, I think it's, <laughs> I guess it's commitment, committing to something. I like to make resolutions that are, I'm a tangible person. So I try not to put stuff out there that's sort of ambiguous, like I'm not going to fight with anybody. I'm not going to, you know, use bad words, I guess, to hit this baby full circle because uh, we did in the beginning of this talk about using bad words. <laughs> right. Before bad we words. recording. <laughs> Put a money in the jar. Yeah. So I, I try and do something tangible for myself. Um, you know, what I've done in recent years is instead of, I guess, making a resolution, I, I more so make challenges. So I think what I tried to do even on this past, you know, season with Black Friday and Cyber Monday, I thought, Every time I buy something, I'm going to take the money I save and put it away and donate it. So I try and do more tangible things like that. I think for this year, I really just want to, I'm like thinking about this in real time. Thank you. I just want to be myself fearlessly. Does that make sense? I want to not get in my own head because that's also something I've struggled with. And it's actually an impossible task because you're always going to be in your own head. So sort of making friends with the person in your head maybe is a, a better way to put it. Yeah, but it's it's an evolving answer. I don't know. I guess it all comes back to awareness. So let's see where I'm at. January 1st, I want to be aware because I think when we're aware, that's when we can sort of diagnose any issues that are going on in our head. Why are we feeling this way again? And we can boil that down to love or fear. And let's say if I'm if I'm nervous to be in an interview with someone and a little unsure, well, that's probably fear, right? So I'm going to come at it from love. I'm going to say, oh, I love this podcast, World Gone Good. I'm happy to be here. And uh, then I can have a good time with you. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> what's your resolution? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, a year ago, Christy Hines was our final guest of 2022. And she said something so fascinating. She said she doesn't believe in resolutions. She believes in revolutions. Oh, yes. So she changed the S to a V and it changed her life. And I share that with you because you talk about evolving. And I love that. I think we're always evolving. And I think when we limit ourselves and we put in the can'ts and the won'ts and the couldn'ts and I can'ts and the don'ts, lift them out. And you have to ask yourself constantly in those moments, why not? And the answer you gave it, it's fear. Mm. It's fear so many times. It's fear on the biggest of ways, whether it's, you know, wars going on and the climate 
changing and all the thing that's all fear based to make changes that we need to make. But even down to the littlest things when we just look inside ourselves, I made three revolutions for 2023. And I'm very proud to say I did all of them. Wow. And three of them, I made a lot, but three big ones. One was that I was going to put up my first play in what would be 19 years. And I did. I wrote it, directed it, produced it um, this past March in LA. Congratulations. The second was that we haven't traveled in forever. I said, we need to take an international trip. We did. We went to London, had a ball, saw friends. Cheerio. And the third is it took me two years to do it, but I finished and published my first novel. I saw that. That's amazing. It's a lot. It's it's been a lot. Had I done one of these things, I'd been thrilled, right? Yes. But I I I just really focus back in on myself and says to myself, what I says to myself, I says, I says. <laughs> what what brings me joy? Mm. And what joy can then I share with the world and hopefully bring them some joy? And that's what that's what it did. So I I I too I'm like, yeah, do I really believe in resolutions? Cause I feel like, you know. I always say this, like beginning of the year, January first, January second, the gym. Oh, is, yeah. that's and we know from a, a marketing standpoint, it's a whole thing. And I just, it's like yeah, nine days, eleven days, twelve days of who are you people? I know. And then by January thirteenth, oh, there we all and are. And then you cancel <laughs> the membership, and they don't let you. It's a whole hassle. I mean, come on. I think for me, resolutions. I think the reason I struggle with it, I. I on a, I guess, high level, I think it's a wonderful idea. And I love that it's here because it reminds people to sort of take stock and try and just make their life a little bit better. But in whole, I really believe resolutions and kindness should be a practice. So I think if all year we sort of have a wellness activity or something we do every day or monthly that recenters us, you know, I recently started journaling every morning, three things I'm grateful for. And then at the end of the day, I kind of clock my high, low, and a ha-ha. So the high of the day, the low of the day, and something that made me laugh. And I think just doing things like that are a, a good way to, I don't know, make sure you don't maybe need a big resolution. But I do like the idea. Um, I love, I guess, what Dolly Parton says, which is find out who you are and do it on purpose. And I think if you could start the year with that attitude and sort of just remember that everybody has their own journey, you kind of have your own way of doing things, and release judgment of others and yourself, then, I don't know, do you need a resolution? <laughs> but I like yours. Yours were highlights. And I think that's really fun. Sort of, maybe you set the goal at the beginning of the year, and then at the end of the year, you have the highlights or the goals you met, or you have new things that you didn't even know were possible. Like talking to Carol Burnett, what? That Right. That came out of nowhere. And that's amazing. And what you were just saying, though, too, is that's great that you're doing the gratitude thing in the morning, because it really sets your day and gets you a positive road to start on. We have a happiness jar. And I've talked about it on the show before. And we put in random slips of paper. And then on New Year's Eve, every year, we light a fire in the fireplace. And we read like a year's worth of there's probably 200 little pieces of paper in there already That's so cozy. and it could be the simplest things it's so fun it's so I fun you burn them with the fire <laughs> we do we do we, we we i take pictures and i throw them in the fireplace but i it's so nice because they're just little pieces of paper and they're things you forget about and it could be the most simplest of funniest little things like you were talking about something that made you laugh something that made you happy it could be a good walk with the dogs um the number one thing 
that I will tell everybody, everyone out there, and I've said this so many times on here, your number one revolution for next year, which I took really took to heart this year, is move your body. Mm, move yes. your body. Even when you're when you're struggling, when you're going through something, when you don't, when you hit a wall, when you get angry, when you get happy, whatever it is, get up and move your body. Go take a walk. And the best way to do it is to do like I do, go get three dogs. <laughs> you cannot, you'll have no reason not to take because they will come keep one at a time come look at you and you're like, I offered you, can't you three assholes go at the same time? God yeah. damn it. No, just <laughs> Put on rollerblades and let them drag you. No, I, th- I'm so glad you said that because that is my mental health practice is walking. I have to walk. I used to say it was a run and that's not true. It's, it's really a walk. I have to do it every day. I have to get outside and move my body when I don't feel well, when I'm not in the best mood. And if I don't do it, I notice a difference in how I'm acting. And I think, oh, I better go for a walk. And it's something that takes commitment. I mean, you don't always have time to go for a walk an hour out of your day. That's a big chunk of time, but definitely do it if you can. And you also reminded me something that I do do. I do do (laughs) a a little ceremony we do on New Year's Eve, which my wife makes fun of me for. But I try and think of one thing from the past year I want to let go of. And we write it on a little slip of paper. Nobody has to share what it is. We fold it up. And then actually, I think I almost burned down my apartment building doing this once. We throw it into a big candle in a jar and we let it burn. And there's something to seeing that, that I guess allows me to release any things I've been harboring that were negative that I don't want to carry into the new year. So I like that you sort of do the opposite of that, which is celebrate the happy things. And I'm going to start doing that as well. But yeah, caution at home, your fire alarm may go off. And in case of that, just stand by with an extinguisher, with a weighted blanket, (laughs) It depends. It depends on how big of an issue it was, and/or how much happiness you yes. had. So <laughs> light it up. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find the Art of Kindness podcast. I would be so honored if you came and joined our little audio community. The Art of Kindness podcast is streaming wherever you listen to podcasts, and also on the Broadway Podcast Network. Where do people find you online and follow you online? You can find me online on the dark web. No, you can find me. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. Sorry, <laughs> not for the world gone good. You can find me on Instagram at Rob Peter Paul. I'm on TikTok doing a lot of weird things. I got slightly addicted to TikTok during the pandemic. I think it's at Robert Peter Paul there. I'm on all the things. I'm on, t- well, I'm not really on Twitter or X. I got scared when it was called X. And I don't know what's going on over there anymore. So you might not be able to find me there. But if all else fails, head to my website, robertpeterpaul.com and let's get connected. We close these shows with two questions. Don't panic. You know the answers. The first question is, can go back to anything we already talked about or anything you want to say. Question is this, who inspires you? Dolly Parton. Dolly. Well, on a, I guess a personal level, my, my wife, she's the kindest person I know. And I'm always amazed, not to sound corny, how she navigates really difficult situations in just our daily life, my family, my loved ones. But I think in the industry, which we've been talking about, Dolly Parton, she's the end all be all. I just love how she puts such light out into the world. And I aspire to do the same thing on my own little level. And the final question is not a question. It is a statement to finish. Do not sing it because I can't afford (laughs) it. Finish this statement. Tell me something good. I almost started singing that halfway through the interview. Mm-hmm. Tell you something good. 
Wow. Well, being with you has been good and a highlight of my day. Something good that I will tell you is that every day is a new opportunity for a human connection. So maybe this is my resolution. I've been trying really hard every time I see someone not to sever the connection, but to sort of continue this metaphor again, plug it in, plug it in, plug it in. Hopefully you have the rights for that. I think we, we are presented with opportunities, whether we're going to the grocery store and there's the cashier there, you know, to just connect with people every day. And it doesn't have to be anything intense. You know, you don't have to say, what's your deepest, darkest secret? What's your secret in life? You could just say, I like your shirt. Oh my goodness. The sweater you're wearing is so cozy. Just getting back to that human connection in real life, IRL, is important to me. And I would say the fact that we have opportunities to do that right when we walk outside our door is pretty good. Thank you, Rob, for sharing your good. Go check out The Art of Kindness wherever you podcast best, like where you are listening to us right now. Next time on World Gone Good. Nobody has the formula for your life but you. And I and listen, I know that people have different sort of particular responsibilities. You know, people have families or people they're caring for and, and things like that that they have to consider. But at the end of the day, who, who are you living your life for? You're, you're, you know, I'm living my life for me because I only get one shot. So, you know, taking chances seems to be, you know, part of the deal. We kick off a brand new year with a brand new episode featuring my good pal, Catherine Roberts. We are going to talk the good of taking big swings, being shamelessly bold, and how exactly her grandmother T's favorite recipes continue to influence her in her own daily life. Catherine is equally inspiring as she is blunt and hilarious. I can't think of a better mixture to start 2024. Until then, be good.